Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm so glad to have with me this hour Dr. Marcus Bachman. And you know him as a not only a regular guest and friend of mine, but he is a uh, he's the he's a counselor and he's an author and he's an all around amazing guy. He's the president and founder of Counseling Care. You can learn more about him and his amazing staff at counselingcare.us. Hey, Marcus. Hi. I'm very excited about the topic we're going to talk about today. It is all over the place, Bill. It is um, actually, it's mushroomed into something bigger than most would would uh, have thought it would ever have become. And I think as believers, we do need to be ready and knowledgeable on the topic of gender dysphoria, on what the issue of transgender is. So I'm excited to be here, Bill. Well, I appreciate that. It is not, uh, you know, a topic that we can ignore. It is uh, not only invading our culture, but it's on every news story. And there isn't a day that goes by where you you hear or read something that is quite shocking. And I think it's important for us to know why do we shy away from it? Why is it something that as believers of all people uh, would choose to ignore? I think that's a a good place to start. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it safe to say, Marcus, that gender dysphoria uh, individuals are are just simply living a lie. You know, the truth is, uh, gender dysphoria has to do first and foremost about one's identity and someone who is, uh, whether male or female, and desires very strongly to be the opposite sex. Uh, that is generated for a lot of reasons, which we can talk about. But the bottom line is, it is a lie. It's a lie that needs to be corrected in a loving way, in a sensitive way, in an understanding way, in a way that we do need to get to um, the truth behind. But yes, a person obviously doesn't believe as they're going through this that I'm, I'm living a lie. They, in their world, believe they're living the truth. And the confusion starts there because... If they don't have an original understanding of truth, God created male and female. And today, today, even from the last time I was on the program about, I don't know, maybe a month ago, they've added several more gender definitions to what gender is. <laughs> I mean, that's been like a month. Yeah, <laughs> It's now up to 70, 72 definitions of what gender that, okay. is. Okay, that's completely nuts. All right, now, in preparation for today, I, I have a couple of things I thought I'd share just to get your response to. Okay. okay. Um, there was a guy who said, um, my younger dream car was a Mustang Celine convertible. He said, sadly, I couldn't afford one at the time. So I ended up buying a Mustang GT convertible. And over time, he's a pretty handy guy. I turned it into a Celine replica. 
And it was really hard to tell the difference between my car and a real Celine. So then years later, he has a son, and he goes to the Ford dealership to buy a new Ford Expedition, and he wanted to use his Mustang as a trade-in, and the dealer told him that he'd be better off trying to sell it as a private buyer because you'd be insulted by the offer. And they said no matter how much that car looked like a Celine, it's not a Celine, and you'd be better off. You'd have been better off leaving it in its original form. What a great example. Yeah. Isn't that true? Yeah. Abe Lincoln once said, if you call a dog's tail a leg, how many legs does a dog have? People yelled back, five. Lincoln said, no, four. You can call a tail a leg all you want, but it's still a tail. And we will never change a male to a female and a female to a male, no matter how many operations, no matter how many puberty blockers, no matter how much hormone injections, no matter how much a person goes through gender uh, counseling. It doesn't matter how they dress. It doesn't, they cannot, absolutely cannot change from one sex to the other in its fullness. God has a incredible, intricate, and I will even say complicated system for our biology that it cannot fully change. And 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 the saddest part is the experimentation of this. We're we're in a free fall at this point where we are are about making serious when it comes to surgery and and blockers, how that will affect someone's life forever. Mm-hmm. It's it's not a um, trial uh, game that should ever be uh, attempted. And yet, at a tender age of adolescence, even for children whose parents say, I want this done. Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, what 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 a society we live in, and and yet, Bill, I, I I will say it over and over and over. It's not that we should look at these people and say, "Oh, yuck, um, what's wrong with you?" and leave it at that. I think we really need to, as mature um, believers. Let me understand your story. Let me get to know you. Mm-hmm. Let me build a relationship with you. Let me have a way that I can present the truth because the truth, as the word says and as the believers know, will set people free. Mm-hmm. Dr. Marcus Bachman is my guest. If you have a question or a comment you'd like to make regarding this challenging conversation, you can certainly text it over 877 Three, three, two, four, eight, four. Now, Marcus, clearly a person cannot become the opposite sex. That is an impossibility. No, nope. uh, men, men cannot have babies. Yeah. No matter what they feel. Doesn't matter. And, and that, is, that is a very strong belief system. Yeah. That men should be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Never have, never will. Yeah, a friend of mine said, you know, his dog was neutered, and he says every time I, I take, I take him in to the vet, my vet still refers to him as a, as a good boy. <laughs> well, I guess that doesn't change, does it? No, and it never will. Yeah, and 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 I think you know, this seems so obvious 
to many of us. But there is a world, there is definitely a world where people live in that they don't see it that way. As a matter of fact, they're offended by you and I being so clear and so strong about our convictions. And I think uh, we need to think through how do we reach someone with that kind of conviction, with that kind of a belief that, as you and I would call it, the lie they believe is true? Mm-hmm. And, and why, why do we shy away from engagement of, of, of conversation and pursuit? Uh, this should be like every other issue on the marketplace. We need to be there. We need to be prepared. Yeah. And if you're part of the human race, I mean, you are going to have to defend yourself and you're going to be called out on things. And it's like, welcome to the human race. That's right. You know, so. All right. Uh, I've already got questions coming in. Let's see here. I don't have the my text line up because it just went away. So. May, may I just mention a couple things of why people may be shy away from the subject? Oh, that'd be wonderful. All right. Well, that'll give me time to get my text line back up. <laughs> Trying to help you out here. Bill. No, I appreciate that, Marcus. <laughs> very sensitive guy. Well, first of all, I think there is a, a huge pressure in today's society. Uh, people will really feel like if they speak up about uh, biblical truth— of of the of of the message that there's two genders, male and female, and if, if a person needs to be set free, they need to understand that truth. If they deliver that message, they believe that they will be either punished, or canceled, or made fun out of, or minimized. They will be looking at in today's culture because we do not live in a strong biblical Christian culture culture anymore, they believe that there will be consequences. And so why, why, why enter in? Or they may feel like, I don't know enough about this subject. I, I, it seems really strange to me. I don't know how to handle it, so I'm not going to. Or they're so tender-hearted, if that's the word. They may just say, I don't want to hurt someone's feelings. Mm-hmm. And wait a minute. It's again and again like saying, I know this person is in such dangerous trouble, and why wouldn't I give some message, some way of reaching them to give them hope, giving them truth in their lives? Mm -hmm. Because they are stuck in a place that they don't even know um, there's something wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here's a question, Marcus, from a listener. What would you What would you say is the cause of this in society? What's driving the media to brainwash kids and allow it to be done to young kids? Is it mainly just that we're that we've removed God and the natural order from our society? Mm. Well, that's a baseline. I, I would first and foremost say um, the experts, the professionals, the medical, uh, which which I want to be really careful about. I want to say this, even though there are sex change operations and places like John Hopkins uh, decided quite some time ago that it was dangerous uh, for the client to perform these operations, most most medical doctors are opposed to this. Uh, there is a strong agenda from the left to influence, to uh, corral and take over the message from the um, American Medical Association uh, and to say this is what um, is acceptable. 
You know what? It's not. Okay, but the, the, the truth of the matter is there are multiple reasons, multiple reasons why uh, this has become such a hot subject, why we hear about it. You know, just just pick up the, your, your, your front page of a, a strong newspaper in the country, and they're going to talk about this issue. I think that there is a tremendous pressure uh, today in social media, I think there's a tremendous pressure in the public school systems. I think LGBTQ has taken over numerous support groups and clubs and organizations and even the largest corporations to bend them over. I mean, uh, there has been commercial after commercial after influencing people to say, this is the norm. There's nothing unusual about this, mm-hmm. and and why would we, um, why why would you want to stop it? You better, if as a matter of fact, it's going to be a popular thing. You're going to be celebrated if you move in this direction. So I think there's pressure for young people. Let's face it, uh, young people are trying to discover who they are including their sexuality. Mm-hmm. So if they're trying to figure that out, and in the midst of that, they're getting a message that says, why don't you try this? This is pretty cool to become the opposite sex. This is pretty cool to um, get your name known in the in the school that you're in. Well, I would say that that can be, um, um, that, that would be a challenge that there are a number of young people would say, I'll take that on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, Bill. I don't know if this, but uh, we have. Uh, you know, I, I want to talk real briefly sometime about um, what's happened to um, Disney and to the culture of television. And Mr. Potato is no longer called Mr. Potato; it's called Potato. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking. I mean, whether it's the games or whether it's the um, toys out there, they're changing. They're making this the norm. Mm-hmm. They're influencing our young people to make these kind of changes. All right. I'm with Dr. Marcus Bachman today. We're talking about gender dysphoria. If you have a question regarding what's going on in the world or the culture, please text it over 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. Kind of a dramatic piece of music there. Oh, Bill. Yeah, I don't know if Rosie saw that one coming. (laughs) I totally didn't. Yeah. It's all this new music we're playing, and I went, whoops, that Mm, is... Yeah, we're getting to know it. Yeah, we're getting to know our new music. Learn it. That's a low voice with that. Right. But it's kind of a dramatic subject, so it was a little fitting as we talk about gender. You got got a point. You got a point. Dysphoria. Listener just said, the problem with talking about it now is you can can be easily fired for it from many businesses and companies and corporations, schools, and state systems. Fear keeps people silent, which is scary because of how that tactic was used in the past. Uh, but Amen you know, to that. Yeah, well, that's true. I would, I would challenge that. With uh, listen, I, I certainly don't want to have the um, honor of getting someone fired from their employment. 
But I will say that often that is the fear tactic, that you better be quiet. As a matter of fact, we can celebrate uh, Gay Pride Month. We can celebrate transgender. As a matter of fact, all the things that as believers that we have difficulty with when it comes to biblical truth, we're supposed to be involved in celebrating that. As a matter of fact, aren't you supposed to use the right pronoun? And I say, you know, that's uh, that's a test case. Um, often, often uh, people are fearful, and yet if they simply say their the truth in a respectful and an honoring way, they will find that they are not going to get in trouble. It is actually just a push, a maneuver. It's a bullying uh, among those that are strong activists. Mm-hmm. Another listener, Marcus, said, follow the money. That's where the answer is. There's big money in these surgeries, the pharmaceuticals, etc. It's a scary thought. It is scary. But I, 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 will, I will agree you need to follow the money. I think, it's, I think there's um, there, the finances involved with not just the pharmaceuticals, the, the um, medical companies. I think the, the idea that the school systems and the, um, many of the nonprofits uh, will actually profit from um, being able to um, bring this message forth. It is, it is grant money that's available. It is, um, it is the cool thing to do. So they bring members in, numbers in. Uh, there is a lot to be said about following the money. Uh, and I don't want to really be getting too much involved in that right now, but I would say that that is, uh, watch that. That's a, that's a uh, appropriate concern. Mm-hmm. And Marcus, isn't gender just a, term that has been con- used to construct somebody's feelings. <laughs> I mean, there another uh, comment came in. You are referring to the term sex and gender. It seems to be a dominant belief in culture these days that those two terms mean something different. Do you think these terms mean the same thing? And how would you respond to someone who argues that they have two separate meanings? <laughs> well, first of all, uh, remember that uh, well, this is going to get confusing as I explain this because simply gender is considered to be fluid in this culture. And so you're not male or you're female. As a matter of fact, it is considered inappropriate if you're too much male or if you're too much female in the sense that uh, that's being rigid and unfair to uh, the appropriateness of having fluid gender. Uh, and it becomes, again, why, why, why are we looking at um, 74 definitions of gender? That's that in and of itself, whether it's bigender or agender or syngender, and the list goes on and on. We are either male or we're female, and that's our sex, and that's our gender. The two should be the same. But as we are in a progressive society and in a confusing society, the the movement and the um, message is to push for gender being fluid. That's 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 the goal here. Mm-hmm. Is that confusing? It it becomes confusing if you're a kid and you're thinking, hmm. I'm affirmed by my parents for being a boy 
or for being a girl in the way that my parents affirm me, whether that's the traditional with I play with dolls or I play with trucks or whatever that means to that parent, which they have a right to influence that. Mm -hmm. But when they go to a uh, progressive institution, a school that says, let me take you on a gender journey. Let me allow you to have during story time a man that's dressed like a woman reading our stories. Or let me influence you with this is actually acceptable today Mm -hmm. for men to be women and women to be men. And all of a sudden, what I thought as a little boy was where I was going at in my life, where I was headed toward as I become a young, uh, as a teenager, I become more confused. So it, 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 there, there's, a, um, there's a goal here, and there's a way that this is happening, and I think we have to, um, we need to strongly remember as parents and as uncles and aunts and grandparents, the greatest influence that we should have on our children is to give them a sense of identity what a privilege we have in affirming them. And I don't mean to, we don't need to get blocked into what our, what our uh, uh, boy um, um, hobbies and what our girl hobbies, because it's perfectly okay for police officers and firemen to, uh, for women to get engaged in that. And it is perfectly okay for boys to get engaged in theater and, and so-called, uh, some of the, some of the traditional other, uh, subjects. So I just think we need, we're, we're not, this, this is not a, a program that wants to block young boys and girls into certain hobbies and interests and, and, and have them not feel okay about themselves. What we're talking about is affirming young men and women into their identity. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, when they understand and captivate, are captivated with their identity in Christ, they have found their sense of wholeness. And children typically grow out of any sexual confusion. As a matter of fact, it's a 0.05% of teenagers and adults that battle with this. Mm -hmm. However, however, that percentage is changing. And we need to be mindful of, uh, even though it's a very small percentage, you would think it'd be a much higher percentage of the way the media, Hollywood, front page papers, talk shows yeah. talk about it. Well, Marcus, there's a lot of people, a lot of listeners that want to weigh in on this discussion. So when we come back, I'm going to give you a whole bunch of questions. So uh, we are with Dr. Marcus Bachman talking about gender dysphoria. If you have a question or comment, you can text it over 877-933-2484. I'll be right back.
Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I it's wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. With Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. Yeah. What's for dinner? Hey. It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. All right, we've got a little bit of a hot topic today because we're talking about gender dysphoria with Dr. Marcus Bachman. And a lot of people, Marcus, are wondering how to process this, how to how to be um, faithful in the marketplace. Uh, here's a, a comment. I work as a nurse in a county public health department doing visits to pregnant moms, babies, etc., they're changing the terms from pregnant women mothers to pregnant people, changing terms for breastfeeding to chest feeding. I'm speaking out and do not want to be uh, propagating lies. It seems like they want to erase and dehumanize women. Can I be fired for speaking out? I know God will, provi- will provide. There's a brave person. I appreciate your brave listener. Um, well, do. first of all, I'm not here to give legal advice, so that would be up to an attorney, which I'm not. But I would say that just because they're requesting it, I think the question is, do you have to go along with something that you know you don't believe in? If someone asks to be uh, called by their pronoun, uh, I think there's another way that you can simply call them by their name. Now, it becomes complicated complicated when John decides to become Susan. And so uh, the question is, do you call them by their birth name or Susan? The, 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 the point is, you also have rights. And let me just bring up something that I think is really important for us. Typically, um, most of us are very logic-based, fact-based sensible people. And so when we hear these stories of, you know, uh, chest feeding, we just think, you, you got to be nuts. You got to be nuts. This is not the way the world should operate. But I will say that we can also use the same agenda. I, I, I First of all, let me back this up. Our agenda needs to be influenced by the Holy Spirit and by biblical truth and by the power of Christ. His message resonates change in people's lives more than any other way that I could speak of right now. But at the same time, as much as the transgender community uses not facts but feelings, often we need to think about, well, what about our feelings? And if I'm at a workplace and I'm offended or I am not comfortable or I don't feel even safe with that terminology, Mm -hmm. why not use that approach to some degree? I'm not saying that it is a foolproof method, but since they listen to their own feelings and that's what they stand by and that's what their argument eventually is because it's not science, it's not facts, it's not truth. Mm-hmm. Why not utilize? I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel even safe. I don't feel, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact, my my value system is not being honored and respected as you're trying to force me into something that I'm not comfortable with. You know, Bill, that language 
may work much more effective. I think you're right. Than common sense and logic and facts. I know. I know because you're fighting it's, fire with fire. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. It's it's probably for some of our listeners, so some of your listeners, uh kind of a different approach because they very much are. Let's let's go with the truth method. And that doesn't mean that you shouldn't approach it that way, but I would ask the Holy Spirit. Lord, how can I walk into my supervisor's office and talk about this? And how can I, with a colleague, and how can I, with a client or an employee, be able to walk in a way that would be the right way? And I I think we need to use some different methods in that way. Mm-hmm. My wife is an educator who has fully bought into the whole transgender movement. She won't even discuss it with me because of my faith. She says I'm judgmental, fascist, racist, and so on and so forth. That's a tough situation. Yeah, it's very tough. I think there's probably a lot behind all of that that has probably not just happened since yesterday. Mm-hmm. And so I would I would uh, simply say I, I would um, – I certainly would say – uh, can we start with understanding each other? Um, how like about that. a how about a good? I like that line. How, how about a good listening uh, session between us after after dinner tonight? Could we just try to understand one bit? I will listen to you, and and let me make sure that I've listened to you because as I repeat to you what I've heard, I want to make sure I get it right, and mm-hmm. let's make sure we're good listeners. And if we summarize and and share what we heard over the last, make it short, five minutes. And then we say, um, and let's do fair play on this. Let me be heard. Maybe it will be a different subject matter, but, or maybe even the same, but the truth is <laughs> I want to be heard too, just like I want to hear you. Yeah. And I think people uh, grow when they hear and understand each other. It's a simple, simple um, uh, approach, Bill, but I think that we need to start with a, a good listening approach. Mm-hmm. Another listener said, the problem with talking about it now is you can be easily fired for it from many businesses, companies, corporations, and state school systems. Erasing the past, erasing people's beliefs and meanings and traditions, that's how you make a malleable society, do what you want. Well, there's there's power in all that. That's yeah. absolutely true, and the culture is changing. And it is like if we even looked from two, three, four years ago, it's like someone pushed the fast-forward button, and all of a sudden, where am I? What land is this? And uh, I'm not minimizing the fact that, uh, like I said, I'm not I'm not giving legal advice, but I also believe that there is a lot of um, strong talk about our rights and the fact that you have to, you must use this language or you must adhere to this policy. Well, I I, I don't know that that is a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. I, as a matter of fact, I would, I probably am more like the um, Bonhoeffers and Martin Luthers, and uh, not that I'm at all equating myself in, with them. I have to be really careful when I said that. But I'm simply saying, I, I would want to challenge that. As a matter of fact, I wouldn't mind knocking a few of the thirteen uh, <laughs> disagreements that I have. Uh, but you know what? Probably a better way is just to have a sit-down conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and 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 eventually you're not alone you are not the only one in the company as a matter of fact this could be our time to gather together to be able to say can I pray with you as you're in the company with me and we're battling this? I think there's a tremendous thing that could happen in the body of Christ, in these these organizations, especially the larger organizations. You are, I just want to say, you're not alone. And wisdom can be brought through when people together ask God, guide us, give us light before our path. And that, I think, is an exciting—we are living in exciting times when it comes to this Mm -hmm. subject matter. Here's a listener that is employed at a university. I don't know where, but I went to the theater production Rent with my daughter. I'd never seen it, and I was horrified. Yeah. Coming home, all I could think of was the only trans— we need is transforming by the renewing of our mind. Oh, wow. Bingo. Oh, is that nice ever job. true? You know, you know, Bill, it is. I, first of all, I would say um, I am very careful of, um, the, you know, the movies, the plays, the theater productions, because you know, let, let's face it, this is nothing new. Theater has been known to uh, live on the edge. They're the, they're the ones that became progressive before the word was even invented. I mean, they just thought the coolest thing is to shock the audience, is to, you know, say as much as you can to, you know, rile up the nerves. So there's nothing new with that in in Hollywood and theater. I mean, uh, I saw the movie Otto and, um, you know, all all of a sudden it's, you know, it's going along and then there's this transgender boy that comes along and they know how to milk the audience because the transgender boy is a gentle boy who has been ridiculed and abused and bullied in his class and his wife who's now deceased was a teacher and the bottom line is you know they they bring this into um the movie and uh, we're supposed to accept it and celebrate it and 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 be like they are. So I think you have to do some movie reviews. I think Focus on the Families has got some great movie reviews. Um, I, I often will check out um, what the what the audience is saying and what the uh, critic is saying from a conservative perspective. I don't want to I don't want to waste uh, eighteen bucks on a movie and then say why did I see that? Yeah, right. All right, Marcus, here's another question. Marcus Bachman is my guest. He is the president and founder of CounselingCare.us. I just, by the way, as an aside, I had a request last week from uh, a listener who heard your program two years ago and oh. has not been able to forget it. Oh, wow. And, and wanted information as to how to get a hold of you. <laughs> well, I'm certain that I forgot it for two well, years no, ago. There's no, there's no question you have forgotten it. <laughs> but he I will, don't even know. What did I have for lunch today? I don't know. Yeah, you don't remember, do you? He will do an excellent job of reminding oh. you. Now, whether you rem- remember at that point, it's up to you. Oh, that's very good. All right, kind. here's a question. Uh, about a year and a half ago, my wife and I went to a counselor to discuss our discovery that our teenage son was having same-sex feelings and attractions We were told by his counselor that in Minnesota, he was not able to counsel our son on this subject by law. Is that correct? Oh, I, I, I have a hard time even talking about that bill because it has just come into law um, that any minor, so anyone under the age of 18 who is struggling with same-sex attraction, transgender, uh, as a licensed counselor, 
you are not allowed to uh, w- uh, counsel that person into even if it's their va- – listen to this. Even if it's their value system, even if they desire to, to – uh, because they say, this is not the faith that I was brought up in, but I have this difficulty and I'm just wanting to talk. We cannot counsel them. It is probably the most unfair piece of legislation that has ever affected licensed counselors. And that's happening in not only Minnesota, it's happening across the nation. Yeah. Um, and it's under, it's under the whole guise of reparative therapy. Reparative therapy, as a lot of people know, is a horrible um, connotation of you know, physically and verbally assaulting the client into you will become so-and-so and such-and-such. I mean, when is that done? I guess in some horror movies or some, you know, bizarre situation, they've never found that to be the case in Minnesota. And yet, that was the, uh, rep- is under the reparative um, uh, law that uh, they've decided no longer can people who are under the age of 18. So that listener is correct. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate. But that doesn't mean that we cannot counsel the parents. Now, that's another way. There's another way. Because if we can't reach that uh, underaged 18-year-old, then the parents or the youth pastor or a good mentor or an uncle or someone in that young person's life... There's no law that ever will say you cannot influence and mentor that young person onto truth and setting them free in their life. And I also think, too, from what I've heard, though, if the child wants to transition and the parents are against it, the parents could be in trouble. That's in the state of Washington? state of Washington, yeah. Yes, okay. that they actually can lose parental rights. Okay. And and can we just for one moment think about how bizarre the idea of a child or an adolescent making the decision that will will affect them for the rest of their life? They can't get a driver's license. They can't do they can't do adult decision making. But they should be able to make a decision to change their sex from one to the other. Mm-hmm. I think there's a word for that, and it's called abuse. I think there is that should be such an illegal uh, activity, and many doctors, many doctors, would agree with me right now. That is not the place, and yet we are being influenced to consider that in many states beside the state of Washington. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll take a break. We come back. Dr. Marcus Bachman will continue our discussion on gender dysphoria. Lots of questions and comments have come in. Thank you for those. Marcus, you can be located at counselingcare.us. I'll be right back. Hi, this is Bill. I thought this interview was so good, I wanted you to hear it again. So enjoy. Back with Dr. Marcus Bachman, we're discussing gender dysphoria. A lot of very interested 
texts have come in, Marcus. Uh, one corrective text. Um, I think he means conversion therapy, not reparative. Yeah, that's correct. I did use the wrong term. Thank you. That was helpful. That was good. Appreciate that. All right. Um, lots of... When you speak of conversion therapy, what does that mean in a legal sense, especially in light of the new bills passed in Minnesota that bans it? Well, again, it's it's uh, it, it means the same thing that I was mentioning before in that um, we are very limited as licensed counselors in to be able to um, walk alongside someone uh-huh. who is battling this. I mean, again and again... You know, you would think if it's the value system, it's one thing if it's not their value system. And if a therapist were to try to change their value system or force their value system into something else, um, I I think the most educated and fair approach about this is to simply say to someone who is trying to decide between two roads is to give them a honest and open conversation teaching them about facts and truths on both sides Mm -hmm. because they may choose to have an abortion i cannot stop that person but i certainly should be able to tell them the truth about the emotional and the physical consequences right on that can happen yeah all right our daughter is struggling with this i would not wish this on my worst enemy parents need to be educated and discuss this with their children otherwise the world will and unfortunately the church hasn't done a very good job of educating parents we have been blindsided yeah i think it's a beautiful understanding to have parents get involved be informed and be in charge i i just think this is where God has placed, biblically given us authority to love our children, to understand our children, to test our children, to be able to sit down in the quietness of the evening or if they love morning breakfast or whatever they like and get to know them. And then just to be able to say, uh, I affirm you. Um, tell me what's going on. What's What's it like to be uh, a sixth grader? What's it like to be um, a freshman in high school? I want to know your your friends. I want to be involved in a way that I want to be able to see. I should, I, I'm the parent. I'm not your best friend. I can be friendly and I can have a friendship, but I am, I am your parent. I'm in charge. Mm-hmm. And that also means I have a right to look at your phone. It's not a privacy phone for you. Mm -hmm. It is a phone that I will check and understand what you've been looking at. And um, you may not like it, and you may not even like me for doing it, but it is high time parents came to the place of authority Mm -hmm. and relationship. And what a beautiful blend. And the child or the adolescent may not thank you today, but eventually, I think they will thank you. Mm-hmm. Some won't, by the way. Yeah. But most will. So let's take a kid who's 17. Yeah. You're almost 18, so yeah. you're considered close to being an adult. And yeah. the 17 and a half year old says, okay, I've got some very troubling feelings. I'd like to get some counseling on this. As a matter of fact, I would love 
a solid Christian counselor to walk me through this. Oh, yeah, I love that. I love that. First of all, remember that that 17, 18-year-old, first of all, doesn't have their brain fully developed until I, I, about I get 25. It. I get it. But, let's say but he, okay, here we go, Bill. So I think there are, there are uh, biblical counselors that uh, are not a part of um, having to be worried about their licensed, that are competent and have experience in not only the um, the counseling traits, characteristics that are necessary, but the biblical understanding. Mm-hmm. And there is no law yet in this nation, yeah. yet in this nation, okay. that would prohibit that person from receiving help. And, mm-hmm. and that's beautiful. This is where I get excited because the church can rise up and they can say, you want to come in and talk? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, let's sit down. You know, you have a you have a a man that's going to go into the woman's bathroom at church. We're going to say not acceptable. That's not okay. But I want to talk with you. I want to have an opportunity to hear your story. Mm-hmm. I want to see the church rise up, Bill, in this area of gender dysphoria, of transgender. This is not something we need to be afraid of. This is something that we need to say yes to, not yuck to. We need to be equipped and we need to have our shirts on with a loving approach, a gracious approach, but a truthful approach. I know some people who are standing up to it, and that's beer drinkers. <laughs> I mean, Bud Light did that, sending that transgender influencer oh. a can with, you know, his picture on it, and they have now lost hundreds of millions of dollars, and their the value of their company has dropped by five billion. And and I still wonder have they have they coughed up to what a mistake that was? I mean, you would think money follow the money. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, the other part to this is pride, whether it's an individual pride or a corporate pride, mm-hmm. sometimes never admits they're wrong. And I say, but you know what? I doubt they'll do that commercial again mm-hmm. because the um, shareholders and those that are employed will say, never. How ridiculous. And you know what? The good news about something like that in the beer drinkers is we got a large part of the population that is saying, nuts to this. Yeah. You know, we got some other choices. Yeah, yeah. And there was never a commercial campaign. It was this influencer doing his own commercials and his little YouTube TikTok stuff, and that's what got all this attention. So anyway, here's a question, Marcus Bachman. My daughter is getting married this fall. Congratulations, by the way. Yes. And one of her closest friends that has transitioned will be at the wedding. Is it honoring God for me to call them by their new name, gender, or do I need to speak truth or simply avoid a conversation? <laughs> no, I wouldn't avoid a conversation. I don't think, you know, first of all, you, you don't want, let's make this clear. We want a wedding not to be a circus, a drama session, uh, attention other than the celebration of the bride and groom. Amen. So it's 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 the it's the basics of of those kind of uh, events. And I think it's perfectly right to have a conversation with this person, not necessarily having to call them by Susan or pronouns. Have a conversation. Skip that. Yeah. Could you even ever say, I understand you have a new nickname? Because <laughs> that's not the name you were born with. 
And I, I've only known you by the name you were born with. <laughs> well, that's true. You could. You could. As long as this conversation isn't going to get explosive and the attention is on you. And because you know what? Should I say it one more time? A wedding is to be focused on the celebration of the couple. And so anything outside of that that would draw attention, that would be divisive, that would create a difficulty with emotions or throwing of things or people, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. So let's avoid that. Yeah. Let's have that conversation maybe somewhere other place. We'd be glad to talk to you yeah. about this. Yeah. Marcus, we only have a minute, so you gotta, oh. you got you to gotta answer this in 15 seconds. Okay. Um, what about pulling your children out of public school? It's oh. becoming... Uh, you know, normal to be abnormal. Yeah. I I applaud the public school teachers that we have that stand up for truth, the Christians that are there. I applaud families that say, we will watch very carefully our son or daughter. Um, But I would say as a general rule of thumb, be very wise in watching. I would pull my son or daughter out of public school. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you so much for your time. This has been an interesting topic that's getting bigger and bigger in our news and culture. And we as Christians need to know how to process and talk and and, uh, be aware of all that's happening. That's all the time we have for today. I wish we had more time. I suppose we could cancel the next hour, but I don't think that would fly with management. All right. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great night. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.